TV Campfire Podcast. I was like, yep, okay, so you win for the week. <laughs> We're here. I hate to sound like a broken road. Oh, no! We're fans. It's one of the best things on television. Oh! oh! All right, you got to hold it. Oh, no, you didn't. We talk TV. That was the best scene ever. Like, that I, blew I, me away. It was absolutely amazing. I just couldn't believe it. Welcome to the show. This is podcast number 374, and I'm Libya, your host, and this week we have returning guests. Hi, this is Allison, and I write reviews for Weedonopolis. Hi, this is David, and I work in post-production in Los Angeles. Hi, this is Yusan. I'm a costume designer and a TV enthusiast. Welcome back, guys. Thank you for being my guests. All right, this week in the news... We have the show called Life Sentence has been pulled from the lineup on the CW until the end of April where it will finish its run on Fridays, which means it's canceled. Uh, Beyond has been canceled by Freeform. Was anybody watching that? No. Cricket noises abound. Exactly. I, I did watch the first four or five episodes of season one, and then I gave up. Um... Brockmire, that's a show starring Hank Azaria on IFC, has been renewed for two seasons, but I don't watch that show either. Um, The Crown has cast its new Prince Philip, Tobias McKenzie. Is it McKenzie? McKenzie? McKenzie, yeah. And I was just informed that The Crown is now the new Doctor Who, where they're just recasting people as the other people. And, They've regenerated as new actors. Yes, and I'm just I just I can't get behind that. Like I if feel they like, start time traveling, I might watch it, but that's it. <laughs> exactly. Well, I kind of <laughs> wanted to see season two because everybody said season two was better, but everybody's always talking about how great the performances are of the cast, and now you're telling me you're recasting, and I'm like, oh, okay, that that's it's really it's really a dumb thing to do. I mean, if you have a radical age change, I understand that, but they're they they're casting actors who are not significantly older than the ones who are playing it now. Exactly. Like, I mean, they could just put them in a little bit of makeup and it would be fine. So I I don't understand. It's like they got married to this idea of doing this gimmick, and now they're they're you know going to do it whether it makes dramatic sense yeah, or I, alienates the audience or not. Right. I, I, I'm already out and I haven't even started watching it. I was like, oh, that sounds terrible. Uh, so next piece of news I have is Frank Miller's, I think it's a graphic novel, his King Arthur graphic novel called yeah. Cursed has been picked up by Netflix and he will be executive producing it. Super excited it. about that. Super excited. I like Prince Ar- uh, King Arthur's lore, so I'm happy. Um, yep. SEAL Team and SWAT have both been renewed for season two on CBS. For I mean, I watch SWAT as a guilty pleasure because I just like watching Shamar Moore shirtless a lot. So that's the only reason why I watch that show. And there's no reason to watch uh, SEAL Team. So there you is have he it. prancing around with his shirt off a lot? Who? Um, Shamar. Oh yeah, he's shirtless a lot on that show. <laughs> oh, they. They know their audience. Yeah. Okay, just checking. <laughs> yeah, a disproportionate amount than everybody else in the cast. Yes, and there's so like, David Boreanaz doesn't doesn't run around with a shirt off. He on Seal can't team. pull that off. David Boreanaz is on <laughs> on Seal. Yeah, he can't pull off the shirtless look. No, not like Shamar Moore can. So, 
Um, like the episode I just watched, I know I'm talking in a side, but the episode that just came on this week opens up with like him just in the weight room, uh, just lifting weights and you're just watching. It's just panning around him as he's lifting <laughs> weights for no reason. You know, that is fantastic. So, uh, I may yeah. need to start watching spot. <laughs> <laughs> um, strike back, uh, surprise news has been renewed by Cinemax and I'm kind of confused because the star is now on blind spot and the show's been off the air for like three seasons. And I mean, that's not that uncommon for a British show. Uh, speaking of which, when it started off, it was a British show that Andrew Lincoln was on. Uh, who, those who remember strike back season one, you want to see some cowardly, uh, Andrew Lincoln. You can tune in for that. He's such a dweeb on that season one. It's so strange. But anyway, I loved Strike Back for the most part. So I'm curious how they're bringing it back. I have no idea how they're bringing it but I'm curious. All right, so let's start off with the shows. First up, we're going to talk about The Walking Dead. And this week's episode was, uh, I was going to say Snore City, but, I mean, technically speaking, a lot of uh, saviors got killed. I think 50% of the saviors that showed up all died. And there was a lot of action, a lot of gunplay. All that stuff was great. The only problem I had was uh, once everybody relaxed and, you know, the saviors had just attacked. So let's not have any guards whatsoever. Let's all yeah. sleep super soundly. So that when a walker uh, falls down the stairs, no one wakes up. The doors are wide open for no reason. Like, I was just like, you've got to be kidding. It's just like they did all these things that allowed as many people to die from sheer stupidity. And then when they... (laughs) Well, the thing that's also dumb was that apparently the only people who know how to fight walkers are our, our, our team. Like, the people we know. Like, the other people from the hilltop and from the kingdom who've survived this long get woken up by a walker, stand there, and go, oh, my God, it's going to bite me. And they stand there and get bitten. Again, this is why I bailed on the show. I just, it was so dumb. It was was ridiculous. I mean, the whole time I was watching it, I I was literally just talking to the screen, you know, saying, why is there no one on guard? You've just finished a battle do you think that they're not coming back again literally everyone has gone to sleep like it's a slumber party exactly it was it was was nonsense it was absolute nonsense um and the only thing that's halfway interesting is they're trying to convince us that tara is is infected with like dwight use infected arrows i'm like first of all dwight's on your team he's not going to use infected arrows uh we already know that and so trying to make us believe that he might is stupid. I don't believe it at all. And so like, oh my God, is Tara going to die? And I was like, also, she was on Talking Dead last week. And if she was going to die, she would be on Talking Dead this week. So it's kind of <laughs> like, no, she's not going to die. Stop trying to do false stakes. Uh, I do think that um, it is ramping up, which is interesting. And we didn't see... Uh, stupid Negan this week um, because he's apparently been held captive by also stupid Jadis. So hopefully they can entertain themselves in their corner of the universe and never bother us again. That would be awesome. 
but I find that highly unlikely. I don't think that's likely. Uh, all right, Allison, please, because I've made it very clear of my feelings. What, what did you think? I, you're, you're pretty much saying exactly what I thought. I mean, overall, there were parts of the episode that I really liked. The whole battle sequence was fantastic. All the beginning stuff was great. They, they, you know, they know how to orchestrate a battle. Right. And all of that was was really good and really well done, and uh, but it's just the the we're, when we are expected to believe that these these like apex predator survivor people who have weathered this much and know they're under siege and know that at any point they could you know have to do battle again have just decided to you know just kick back and fall asleep and leave no one on guard whatsoever no one's watching no, no one's looking over people in in the, oh, yeah. uh, the, the medical area the 10 year old kid like let all the prisoners go like what it's, i mean it, it's, it's ridiculous just nonsense it's yeah. nonsense I mean, everyone's just wandering around like like there's no security whatsoever at a point where they should be at the absolute height of alertness. I know. And, you know, I mean, it's not even just an ordinary day, which which they would still be on, on alert for. They've just fought a battle. So <laughs> I, I just don't understand. I mean, we're supposed – the only way that all of this terrible stuff happens is if we accept the fact that they all behave like idiots. Right. And that's just, you know, if the only way you can move a plot along is by via stupidity, um, you know, everyone suddenly takes a stupid pill and, and that's how the story keeps moving, then you haven't constructed a good story. And it, it's at that point that they lost me. I would get behind that 100%. This week, I'm hoping for more um, yeah. because, you know, let's go hunt down all the guys that escaped. And also, Rick had us on his murder jacket. So I'm 100% behind, like, I was like, <gasps> the murder jacket! But I saw that <laughs> in the preview. <laughs> I wonder if the producers know that the fans have a name for that coat. Like, I'm pretty sure they do. They have to, because the fans are like, it's the murder jacket. And it's not even like, people are not saying it's Rick's jacket. It, it, it has a very specific name. And I love it. All right, let's move on. Uh, next up, we're going to talk about Barry, which is which premiered on HBO on Sunday. And it's starring... Bill main, Hader. Thank you. I was like the main guy that I don't can't think of his name. And uh, Henry Winkler. And the concept of the show is pretty interesting, which is you have a hitman, just like Think the Professional, where he goes on hits and he has a boss that handles all his money and sends him all the hits. And he does the hits and he goes home. He's very, you know, robotic about it. And he wanders, he's following a mark and he wanders into like this acting class accidentally and ends up in the class and has decided now to change careers because now he wants to be an actor. It's fantastic. <laughs> it's like, uh,. He's like, he's like, well, you know, most people have day jobs. They work in restaurants. My day job will just be, you know, killing people. And then I'll go to class at night. And his boss was like, what? Uh, all of that was ridiculously hilarious. So I definitely give it a thumbs up. Uh, what do you think, Allison? I, I thought it was great. I mean, it's, you know, I was expecting something maybe a little bit funnier than it was because there's a lot of character study in it, which I which I was not expecting, um, which I like, actually. I mean, if you're if you're going 
in expecting and insisting that it's like, you know, a laugh a minute, hilarity, no, 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 you know, not, off the charts. Yeah. You're it's not like, going to get it. But if you're if you're I mean, if you're willing to uh, and, and wanting to see something about the quirkiness of very weird people, then and and see this humanized, then I, I think that this is a show you're going to enjoy because I certainly did. And it's got a fantastic cast. I mean, Bill Hader um, is who normally annoys me. He was, he's terrific in this. Um, Stephen Root, who plays his handler, is, oh, right. you know, because he's great in everything. And Henry Winkler is fantastic. I mean, uh, I think that they they found a role that is just perfect for him to play. He's such and a jerk, though, in here. He is, but he's it, he's wonderful at it. You know, I mean, he he sees himself as this nurturing director type, and he's he's the the anything but. But yeah, he's like he's like you're an awful person. He's like you know I had to do that right. Yeah, <laughs> and the thing is, if you've ever been in an acting class, which I have, it's like, oh my god, I know this guy. I took classes from this guy. Um, so yeah, it's it's a really fun show, and it's cast incredibly well, and very smart and very human. I think it's it's just oh, and the best I, thing I'm... is they're advertising. They have uh, <laughs> if you go through Hollywood now or drive around, they have these um, uh, bus. Uh, advertisements like the the benches that have the bus bench advertisements, and it's for his mm-hmm. acting class. It's Henry Winkler's acting <laughs> classes. It's hilarious. Anyway, sorry. So I'm definitely giving it a thumbs up. Oh, definitely. All right. Um, next up, we're going to talk about Legends of Tomorrow or DC's Legends. Um, and I've been on and off on this show, in and out, back and forth. Sometimes I hate it. Sometimes I like it. This episode I didn't hate. This episode was actually kind of interesting. The I Ava, I like that um, we got to see where Ava comes from and the different versions of her, and it made her uh, break up with Sarah uh, messier, which I'm a fan of. Uh, David, you haven't said anything. What do you, what have you what do you think about it? Um. I liked it. I, I like hearing backstory of some of the characters that I, that I like, um, and and that relationship, the Sarah Ava relationship, was an interesting uh, element of the story. So you know, to put more depth behind that, that uh, was was cool for me. Um, and we don't know that much about Ava, uh, so we we learned a lot more, and it was uh, it was uh, bizarre, and she didn't <laughs> even know about it, which was which was even kind of more cool. All right, uh, Allison, did you see it? No, I haven't. I, I gave up on the show after the first season. Which is what I said. Did you not hear my whole love, hate, love it, hate it, hate it, hate it, love it? Yeah, but I have nothing to say about the new show. I, I don't watch it. <laughs> I know. But I'm, well, I'm agreeing with you, but I'm I'm advocating to you know dip your toe in because the show is sporadic, but sometimes they have brilliant episodes. So I think it's a different it's a different show with. Um, Sarah in charge of the that's ship. True. That's true. Rip, yes. Rip, Rip was, was a deal breaker for me. And now that they've gotten rid of him, uh, for the most part, yeah. uh, it's a much it's a much better show. But uh, Yusin, go ahead. Uh, well, no, that's what I was going to say is um, the show is not only uneven. I mean, a lot of shows, not all shows, but a, a lot of shows are, can be uneven throughout a season. 
but the show is definitely uneven through the seasons, all its seasons. You yes. know what I mean? I think when it first came out, the first week, first seasons for sorry, first year, um, it was different. It was interesting. It was a little goofy, whatever. Um, and then they tried to like change the tone. I mean, maybe I'm wrong. Actually, maybe it was more serious. Then it got goofy. Then it got serious. I don't. I can't keep track. The little <laughs> yeah. it's, it's it really can't decide. Uh, and it, now it's like rapid cycling because instead of being super uneven through seasons, now it's like, you know, uneven through the series. And there are times even in the episode, actually, um, it like tries to be more serious and then it's kind of a little bit more goofy. The, the I cannot figure out what they want to do with the show. Um, I, I like it less in terms of tone because I find it even more uneven, but I agree with everybody. I think unfortunately Rip was definitely a weight. So I don't know if like he's got a contract or something. Cause I don't know why they just don't cut him loose completely. It seems yeah. a little weird. It seems like they were able to just get rid of him. And I thought, great, Sarah's in charge. I like the dynamic. Um, it makes it interesting, blah, blah, blah. Um, because she's so flawed, you know, and she, you know, kind of not, uh, not wanting to necessarily be the leader. So you've got that uh, interesting aspect to it. Um, so I do think the show is better in that way, but then they've got Rip kind of every once in a while hanging out like that kid, you know, <laughs> who, like on the basketball court that wants to be asked to be play, you know, to play on, you know, and just hangs out all the time. And it's like, dude, what are you doing? Like, go away. So <laughs> I don't know what they're doing with him. Um, but I guess because he, they don't do a lot with him, he's not annoying. So I'm like, yeah. fine, if you want to well, yeah, hang out and watch. Exactly, because he's not in charge. Because him being yeah. in charge just didn't work. No, no, it really didn't. So <laughs> so he, he, if he had been goofy, if he had been kind of like, I thought about this, if he had like a, if he was the one, not a comic relief, but if he was like crazy and, you know, and um, irresponsible and interesting and whatever, but he doesn't pull off the gravitas. He doesn't no. pull off like, weight you know that i think that the role needs so if they had used him differently maybe he could have been their leader but so i i think they made the right choice there but i'm just gonna keep watching because like you said every once in a while they hit the mark and it's definitely not a you know one of my go-to shows but it's certainly one of my i'll put it on in the background and i'll do stuff so what's annoying is i'm like every time i think that i'm like this show's terrible then like two episodes later everybody's like oh my god did you see legends and i'm like yeah, it pays off every once in a while. Yeah, and then you're I, like, I think oh, that right. the, I think the uh, the balance between uh, action and comedy is a common theme. I, mean, I think people, a lot of a lot of shows go back and forth. I'm not um, disagreeing with try that. To combine them, but yeah, maybe but they just have this show doesn't do it. Yeah, with it. this show they doesn't do it right. Well. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, maybe not. Yeah. All right, let's move on. All right, next up, we're going to talk about Krypton, and we hadn't really talked about this show yet. And it is a new take on the super Superman story in that we're going to look there. We're looking at Superman's grandfather as a teenager because, well, he's not a teenager. He's more like 20 something. Mm-hmm. Oh, because of course, why not? And Brainiac has some time travel power trip thing where if he kills Superman's grandfather, then Superman's never born and can't defeat him later. So that's the big plot. And then you have something uh, strange. Uh, Stephen Strange comes back in time to warn him. Adam and, Strange. Is it Adam Strange? Adam. Oh, wait. Stephen Strange is a cartoon. Ha, ha, ha. Woo. Okay, there's too many of them. Doctor Strange, Stephen Strange, Adam Strange. Are they related? Hard to, get, hard to keep all the little stranglets. Uh, uh, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Messed that up. Uh, I do not believe they are related, no. 
Um, mm. So it's it's. That's it's, really it's, strange. Oh, please stop. <laughs> but I'm um. Yes, thank you. He'll be here every Wednesday. <laughs> uh, so I think the premise is interesting, and I. But actually, what I find interesting is actually the other houses. So as much as we're supposed to be invested in the elves, and I mean, so somewhat I am. I don't want him to be sucked into another house. And you're pretty sure that's not going to happen because, you know, time travel. But um, I do like the Zods, which I thought that yeah. that was interesting. It was like, oh, family of Zod are quite dark early on. Um, but the mom is fantastic. I know that they're kind of drawing her as the villain. Um, but I find the actress's performance so nuanced that I'm kind of just on her side. I was like, you want to kill the L, you know, the, both of the parents of the kid. I don't, okay. I see why you did it. Like I'm totally on board. It's like, it's just the way that she's doing the performance where you get the impression that she's loyal to the crown, but she is conflicted and she's doing the reason she executed them. And that spot was because she knew they'd be tortured later. And she was just trying to give them a clean death. And everything she does, she does with purpose. And I just I, I just her... want to interject. I Go just ahead. want to interject because I actually found it the I agree with you now, but in the beginning, I actually rolled my eyes because I thought, oh no, like another aggro kind of, you know, um trope kind of a you know what I mean? And I thought she's gonna be so one dimensional. And I laughed because there's that line where he was like, You're a blunt instrument, you know what I mean? And I right. thought yeah, she is, you know. But I think that the script and she could handle it, uh, allowed her to show m- more layers and subtlety, especially with um, her interaction with her daughter. Right. You know, and um, so for me, it wasn't until that that she sold me both the role and the the acting, because I kind of was like, "Ugh, this is going to be annoying. She's going to be like super militant and super mean all the time and whatever. So I agree with you, but not in the beginning. I really thought, oh, they're going to drop the ball on this. But now I'm interested to see her relationship you know more with her daughter and and maybe they'll even grow it into you know and some kind of a resistance internally or something but yeah no i agree with you i thought i thought excellent in the end but in the beginning i was really worried i thought that the go ahead i think that the the she's a uh she's an honorable villain she's you know which is different from the ones that are just like i don't care i want to kill everybody but she has her actual standards and morals and so she adheres to those so that's she's one that could be swayed by some legitimate reason to be better than you know a, a more good guy than a bad guy. Right. Well, I don't even really see her as a villain. villain. I That's mean, what I'm she's, saying. She's, I don't think uh, it's good. Great. Go ahead. You know, she's in an antagonistic role, but I think that's right. a function of what she does, you know, her position as a general. And uh, you can see not only in her performance, but I think it's it's actually in the text as well, that she really does not want to be doing a lot of the things she's doing. It's just that she has to. She has to be as hard as she is. She has to train her daughter to be as hard and merciless as she is because if they don't, they're not going to survive in this right. society. Right. Fair um, enough. And, and it, it's really, they just call her a villain because she's on the opposite side of the, of the good guys of the L household. Right. Well, to be fair, she did still protect him a couple of times. So yeah. she, she protected him because she knows that the daughter is in love with him. Right. So she did extend her protection. So she's not entirely on the opposite, though. I see why he would think so. <laughs> 
But that's why I find her one of the most interesting characters because oh, she is on that, you know, in that gray area. And it'll be interesting to see where they go with it. I mean, obviously the script is written already, but I, I think there's a lot of potential there for in terms of the writing. I agree. Uh, but I, I want to say this. Um, I don't love the writing. Uh, I, I'll, I'll bounce off of what I said about DC Legends. Um, maybe they'll find their footing. I mean, I'm absolutely willing to give it, you know, a few episodes. I, I'm not saying I don't like the show. Overall, I generally like the show. But I thought they it was it reminded me of um, the uh, Marvel a little, the Avengers, the movies that don't work. Where I thought it was so forced, some of the humor, you know, or, or weird, or just it, it broke the mood for me. And I thought, I know what they're trying to do, and I get it. Like like we said earlier, lots of shows do that, and um, it's fine, you know what I mean. But I thought it was a little clunky, so. I'm I'm really gonna wait to see how they the whole show is written. I, I'm not super on board with the writing yet. I, I think that might just be the, the characters haven't found their groove yet. Yeah. That once you yeah. that find the characters more more you know tangible, that those mm -hmm. that the that the writing will work better. Fair enough. Yeah. I only um the only problem that I have right now is the boyfriend of he's not a Zod. He's one of the other families. But he's the guy with all the scars on his back. I can't think of his name. Um, oh, yeah. He feels very one-dimensional at this point. I'm hoping right. they give him more texture. Uh, and I can't tell if the actor can handle more texture yet. But yeah. he's the... Like, I like the daughter. I think her fight in the arena was great. Um, and I think she's really interesting. And I like how they've established her and L guy Seg or something. They established them as like a couple, but then the mom killing his parents kind of broke them up as a couple. And so now she has to do her own thing, not attached to him at all. And I thought that her choice in, she's not agreeing with the policy. So she, she put, you know, she put her, her body or her life where her mouth was. And I thought that was really interesting. So everybody else I'm liking, but let's move on. Um, I think we're giving this an overall thumbs up. If you haven't watched Krypton, you should check it out as of right now. Uh, sure. Next up, we're going to talk about Black Lightning, and this was episode 10. And I, I got a treat. I got to watch this at WonderCon, so I saw it on a huge movie you know, projector. Um, so that was really pretty cool. But the main thing about this episode is the two things I want to highlight, which is the father-daughter team-up, their fighting in conjunction was fantastic. Like, they were reading each other's minds. So, I really love the team-up. And the big, and I say twist, but not really twist, because I never liked that character. A better twist would have been a character that I liked and trusted, and then you go, oh my god, she's a traitor? But it's the character that I thought was boring, and so it's like, oh, she's the traitor. Um, Who? Mm -hmm. The vice principal. The vice principal. Yeah, okay. I mean, we've she's had all of what maybe three, four lines. Yeah, and you know we've seen her twice maybe, and so there was zero impact by saying she's yeah. the traitor. It's like when when that happened, I thought, oh okay. Yeah, exactly. Instead of you know, oh my god, exactly. you know, there, there was none of that because there was no emotional investment in the they character. They really that they should have spent more if they knew that she was going to be the one that was the spy, which they did totally set up that there was going to be a spy. They needed yeah. to have had more screen time for her. We needed to have cared about her more. Yeah, so, so it felt like a real betrayal. Right, right. Um, 
it does seem that she's conflicted about the whole idea. Uh, but that's still not good. That, I feel like they really just missed a really good opportunity there. That's all. Mm-hmm. Uh, but overall, I loved the episode. I thought it was a really good, solid outing. What uh, about the, uh, the Gamby storyline? Oh, like, oh, I like that. Yeah, I like it too. And I mean, I knew Gamby was never going to betray Jefferson. Uh, but that wasn't the point. The point was to figure out who Black Lightning was, and they achieved that objective. So, yeah, no, I like the whole backstory though about the him being like the Watcher and him, you know, that I I didn't know any of that, and I think we were all just like the family was wondering what Gamby's backstory was. You know what I mean? So. We, the audience, and the family saw it together, and um, I thought it was great. I loved the the plot. I love the actual, um, you know, they they reintroduce green light or they introduce green light as a drug to identify metahumans. You know what I mean? Um, to replicate the vaccine that was given. That was all kind of sciency and cool. Um, but I, I just want to say because I haven't talked about this show, I think either either at all or not much. I really liked it. Really grabbed me the first two episodes and I was super sold on it. Um, I don't love the show. Um, it's like in the beginning, I found it to be really, uh, you know, different. And I love the score. The soundtrack is really, you know, good. Um, it's 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 interesting. It's gritty. It, it, it does definitely have that kind of um, blackish vibe of uh you know really kind of highlighting real world social issues and problems and um and they do a real up in your face kind of a um take on it which i don't just which i don't like dislike that's not my point the point is they don't shy away from it it's not after school specially it's very this is our reality this is this is the life this is even like when they um I know this is a few episodes back, but I just want to mention it when they all kind of turned against Black Lightning, like the neighborhood and they were kind of mad. And oh, my God, I thought it was hilarious. Um, I really enjoyed it when she was trying to throw microwaves at him to, like, catch him for the bounty. <laughs> <laughs> that was and she's wearing curlers, <laughs> hanging out a window. That mm. scene, I literally was like, that's really hilarious. Um, I thought that scene was played great for laughs and, and comic relief. Um, so, yeah, so, it, you know, it, it definitely toes the line for some stereotypes, but some actual realities in life. So, you know, so I'm that I find really interesting. It's slightly to me, it's moved into like, not black exploitation, but like it, you know, there's that like cheesy scene where the building blows up and the and the you know the daughter and the father slow mo walking out of there, and it, there's all. <laughs> well, this, to like, be fair, that's not that's not exclusively black exploitation. No, 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 no. <laughs> you didn't let me finish. I, you okay. didn't let me finish. Right. With that music, you know, it was like heavily stylized music, and that mute throughout. Do you know what I mean? Like that's not a great example of 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 like you said black exploitation, but I'm talking about how a lot of the scenes are framed, especially with the music. The soundtrack is really important to the show. So um, I get it. And like I said, when I first started watching, I thought, oh, this is fresh. This is different. Now I feel like it's a little gimmicky. You know what I mean? Like every scene, there's like some blasting kind of, you know, thematic kind of, you know, thing happening, soundtrack. And I'm I'm a little annoyed. I'm kind of like, I need the, I need them to turn down the volume a little bit because I feel it's getting a little kitschy for me, for me. But I still enjoy the show. It's but not I- just you. And I'm actually glad that you were the one who brought it up because that's kind of how I've been feeling. I I really liked the show when it started and now there are things about it that are getting on my nerves and and it 
exactly what you're saying is 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 what's you know getting me it's like there's kitschy campy things that are are working their way into the show and it's starting to just feel kind of cheesy in places where it should absolutely not feel cheesy and and it's so it's, it's like i i don't know whether they changed writers or whether yeah, they were given know, direction haven't. from well you know whether they were given direction different from the the network or something but it's just it 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 doesn't feel as gritty or as real as exactly. it, when it started i was expecting more from it and now it's just kind of i don't know it's it's just kind of losing me in places i i think that uh, i think i agree i was going to say heavy handed because it feels like some of those things are like too in your face they should be a little more subtle or a little more sparsely used um that you know that make it it's better to when it stands out as something different and those are things that make it kind of kind of the same and i Mm -hmm. I do like it to be different and obviously it's different it's very um themed to be uh about the the the, you know the the they make points about social injustice and things like that and that's great and they're doing it from a a standpoint of uh of black uh uh, of a racial um uh issue and that's great and i think that you know, that's that's a good thing to see on TV, but I think they do kind of lose some of that when they do it in a, in a way that's more, uh, like I said, heavy handed or, or something that's that's not as uh, unique or original. Um, My question was, what did you, yeah, talk about this episode. One, one other thing I, I think that I like in this episode, I think it, well, in this episode, well, let me back up a second. One of the things that I like about the show, <clears throat> excuse me, is... Uh, the relationship between the, the daughters, I think, is phenomenal. I think it's a very realistic um, yes. uh, relationship where they talk to each other and they laugh with each other and they get mad at each other. And to see them in the context of a of a powered family is is an interesting thing. And I think now that the the second daughter is seeing her powers come up, um, it'll be it'll be interesting because she was left out because she wasn't you know, with her father and her daughter. Yeah, but I get the feeling she doesn't want her powers. That's her big deal. Well, but that, yeah, but that, that'll, we'll see how that plays out, but it's, it's a dynamic that based on the realness, I think of the relationship between those characters, uh, I want to see what happens, um, at how the powers affect her and the, and the whole family. Okay. Uh, it's going to be weird that the mom's going to be left out in the cold. Yes. Um, But she's a scientist. She's the, she's the, uh, the, the uh, brains. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, Let's move on. Uh, Next up, we're going to talk about the magicians and this episode, uh, the magicians uh, basically get their kingdom back in a roundabout way called the uh, democracy. Uh, That's (laughs) fun. Uh, They get to campaign and lie and break promises and then all the animals got to write in votes and win. Yay! The overlooked minority majority. I thought that was a great twist that, that it was because of the animals and, and that nobody had thought of that. <laughs> um, and, I, and I also think it was cool that, that Margot got to, to end out on top. You know, it was right. able to end up top and, and that she got her, her eye back sort of uh, or even better than maybe originally. And, uh, you know, lots of great stuff because she's a character that... I didn't like for the longest time and I, maybe that was, I was supposed to, but, but now she's become more endearing, you know, more endeared to me. Uh, well, I think, yeah. So, Cause now you know who she is. 
Right. And I think that where where they got to in this episode was a was a really rewarding thing for me to to have gone through watching the other episodes and, uh, you know, uh, to see it see it come out this way. That's great. Yeah, I agree. Anyone else? No, I thought it was an excellent episode. I think they've they've this this whole season has been a run of excellent episodes, and I I love I mean the whole way that they played the whole thing with the animals was fantastic. I mean it just and and having uh, Margot become king was was great because of that, and also all the stuff that was going on with uh, Julia as well was was terrific. Um, I love seeing th- they seem to be implying and Renard bringing him back and and showing him i mean at first when they sh- when they had them outside the mansion i'm thinking well he seems to have done well for himself anyway and then he turns out to be the pizza delivery guy <laughs> and that was awesome it's like yes great um they, they deal but, with a lot of again they deal with a lot of social issues but in sometimes very different ways some of them where they make fun of some of them they're taken kind of seriously you know the, mm-hmm. the the rape issue that they deal with and the bestiality issue they deal with totally different ways but but both included, and I enjoy that. I like that a lot. Yeah, very much so. Um, and I, I think what's interesting with Julia is, that she, and she points out to to Renard, um, you know, that she has his spark, but it's grown far more in her than it ever did in him. And I think what what's noticeable is that she has been consistently using her powers to do positive things, to do good things. And right, every absolutely. time she does something good, something generous her power seems to really develop. Um, so I think that that's, that's the reason she's, it's, it's a, it's a magic that's based on doing good. And that's why for him, it only went so far. And for her, she seems to, to almost be at the level of a God already. Um, what's in, what, what, but what frustrates me is that she heard in the last episode that she opens a door that lets in something terrible and she's about to just open a door with behind which there are terrible things and she's not seeming to pay attention to the warning and that <laughs> that always frets that always frustrates me well i can't say nobody you know didn't tell you so yeah exactly i mean she got the the warning from the other quentin so right you know i like i read one thing where they talked about it and i don't i don't remember hearing it in the episode but they said i think they said they left it in or maybe they cut it out but it was the reference to uh, the Fillorian candidate was the title of the episode, and they made a reference to her being Fillory Clinton. Oh no, I didn't hear that. <laughs> I don't know if that was a line they left in or they they cut it out. But yeah, they must have cut it out. out yeah, yeah, I don't remember that. <clears throat> All right, uh, let's move on. So I think we're giving that a thumbs up. Uh, next okay. up, I'm going to talk about Sirens because apparently I was the only one that wasted my time watching that. So <laughs> it was a two-hour pilot on Freeform about mermaids. Yay! So the best thing about the show Sirens is actually just the mermaids. All the supporting, all the actual leads. Uh, there's a guy that they that's the lead guy, part of some really rich family that has a legacy of hunting down mermaids. He's so boring that uh, the first time I tried to watch the show, I completely fell asleep within... 15, 20 minutes. So then I tried to watch it again and I made it through, but I, I, it was hard. It was really hard because him and his, his girlfriend's a little more interesting. Like he has several scenes with the first mermaid and I could care less. His girlfriend has one scene with her and it's fantastic. 
Then the whole premise is that there were two mermaids traveling. One of them gets caught in a uh, fish snare and the government comes and takes her away to do experiments on her. So the second mermaid figures out how to turn herself into a human but can't speak English and is trying to find her companion. So it's like literally fish out of water because she doesn't know the language, the landscape, has to make friends, figure out what's going on. One of the first encounters she has, some idiot guy tries to rape her and she rips them apart with her teeth. Very like I could have written this script. Um, <laughs> I'm frustrated with the premiere because it has the potential to be a good show. It's just not right now. Um, and I and I don't have much hope that the lead guy is going to get any better. He's he's so boring. He's so boring. Um, everybody else isn't terrible. Like, I like the girl playing... I, I like the woman in captivity playing the mermaid a lot. And I I don't mind the girl that's running around trying to learn the language. She's okay. Uh, I don't know if I'm going to give it any more. Uh, but right now, I cannot recommend this show. That's all mm-hmm. i got to say about that. Alright, next up, let's talk about Supernatural. And it was Scooby-Doo-ishes. So, uh, Scooby Natural, I think. Yeah, that's what they, they called, called it. it. Uh, so basically, the boys get transported into a television again. This time, they are turned into cartoons, and they're in the middle of an episode of Scooby Doo. What'd you guys think? Well, I was actually, you know, there, were, there was part of me that was excited for the episode, and part of me that was dreading it, because I thought it's either going to be fantastic or it's going to be just a raging dumpster fire of an episode. Um, and fortunately, it was not the raging dumpster fire. Uh, it actually was, was really funny. They even referenced, actually, the other time that they were sucked into a television. Exactly. So it wasn't like this... They didn't treat it like, oh, my God, this is the first time this has ever happened. But um, I loved how much of a fanboy of Scooby-Doo Dean was. <laughs> and, you know, <clears throat> he was he, he just was was rambling off. Well, this is supposed to happen in the episode and this isn't and this isn't and, you know, and all of that. So um, it's just they were they were very clever. And the way they had the Scooby gang inappropriately reacting to things because that's the characters you know they're they're not going to behave like real human beings they're going to behave like the cartoon characters they are so i i loved watching that and seeing you know uh sam and dean being frustrated by it um cartoon castiel was wonderful (laughs) um just all of it was, and they they had a, a reasonable within the show explanation for why all of this weirdness was going on. Um, so I I really thought it was great. You know, it's it's definitely a one off. It sits in the middle of of the season. It doesn't add to the arc whatsoever. But it's I think it's going to turn out to um, like the other television version, uh, the other television episode, the um, the French mistake. Uh, this one's going to turn out to be one of the classic episodes of Supernatural. I agree. I, I think that's cool. Story. It's always cool when it, when a show does like a musical or it turns them into cartoons or something weird like that. I, I think it's just it's well, fun. If they do it well. If they do it well, yes. And and they did like they kept the tone of Scooby Doo really well. It, 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 except what I it's really like. <laughs> but I mean, yeah, it's an homage. And and what I really like though is at the end or towards the end when everything falls apart and it doesn't feel like a Scooby-Doo episode anymore, 
the characters start to fall apart. Um, and I thought that that was pretty cool. They're like, oh, we got to reset them back so that they're back to being themselves. Uh, so all of that was all pretty good. And then the trap thing, super, because I was like, you set the trap, and I was like, this is a really elaborate trap. How is this going to work? And the answer is, it's not. So... Yeah, and the thing is, it's a trap for, you know, if, if a human being was actually, it's a typical Scooby-Doo trap because it's meant for a human who's pretending to be a ghost, not an actual ghost. Right. So all of that really worked. I was I was highly amused, though his hitting on, uh, was it Thelma? No, it's the other one. It's not Thelma. It's is it Thelma? Which one is it? No, it, Thelma's he, the other one. Um. Oh, uh, it's uh. Why can I not remember her name? Daphne. Daphne. Thank Daphne. you. Daphne. His constant hitting, ladies, depending on which what you're talking about. Uh, his constant hitting on her was actually kind of creepy. I was like, why Why are you being creepy in a cartoon form, dude? Like, <laughs> I feel like if he was in a Even real... a cartoon, no means no, okay? Thank you. Like, he was all up on her, and she was like, uh, not interested, move away, stop being a creepy, creeper guy. Like, I was like, uh, grab a clue, man. Stop being stalker boy. Uh, but anyway, I liked the episode. Overall, I have to give it a thumbs up. I thought it was really entertaining. Um, yeah, same here. Next up, we're going to talk about the Americans. And when I say we, I mean Allison, because I tried and I couldn't make it, couldn't do it. What, what well, but you, you didn't watch the, the premiere episode. You saw the finale. finale from last season, which admittedly was incredibly weak. It's like they had all these great episodes and then they ended on an episode that was just dishwater dull. Yeah. And and really, I, I don't even know what they were trying to accomplish in it. They just kind of petered well, out i mean i, I will tell you boring. my reaction was when they're trying to come up with what they're going to do with their family and they want to they, they want out and they're all gonna escape and blah 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 blah. they're coming up with their plan i was watching the episode going i don't care like i just realized i didn't care um mm. so i think well, it just didn't the, – the way they set it up, it didn't feel like there were any real stakes. And I think that they're, they're, they were too wrapped up in saying, okay, well, we know what we're going to do next year, so we need to set things in a certain way to get to that place, which they did, but they did it in an incredibly boring fashion. Now, skip to the premiere this year. Okay. And it it is – all kinds of wonderful again. Um, they did a time jump of about four years. They went from 1983 to 1987. And it's an interesting episode because there's a, very little dialogue in it, actually. A lot of stuff is just, you know, um, watching them do what they do uh, with various musical backgrounds, um, which reminds you kind of, of, of how they used Tusk in the premiere episode, you know, to, to back everything up and set the tone and set the time. But um, I, I, it's just really a, a great, great episode that reintroduces you to the characters and shows you where they are. Um, because at this point, Philip has, has left uh, the spy business. He's actually running their, their agency, which is doing amazing business. Um, Elizabeth, however, is still deeply involved in the spy game. And um, it's, it's like there's, there's just this inability for her to really drop that or move forward. And, and it, what's more, 
although their son is like away at college and he's joined the hockey team and all of that and and he is is still completely oblivious to everything they have sucked their daughter uh, Paige into spying for Russia as well and she's now college age and she's she's also although she's not into the really brutal stuff that her mother does you can see that it's a progression it's working towards that as much as her her mother doesn't really want to lead her that way it's it, it's inevitable if she stays in it um so you have that and then they bring back um uh oleg we see what's going on with him in russia he now has uh, a wife and a, a small child and he's also dragged back into the game because it looks like there are forces in Russia that are against Gorbachev and against Glasnost, and they want to ruin the, the peace talks that well, are coming say, up. Can, can we, um, I don't want to give everything away. I was just trying to figure no, out. No, but I, these, these are basically, these, all this, this information is really brought up very soon in the episode. And then from there, you watch how all of this plays out and what the stakes are going to be and they set up everything else for the rest of the season and it's just really incredibly well done um i i if i agree that the finale of last year was boring and pretty terrible but don't pay attention to that because the the i I really encourage if you've you know been watching the americans before um tune in again because it it brings you back it really does it's an excellent excellent opening i can't talk to the rest of the season i haven't seen it but it's an excellent <laughs> it's an excellent premiere all right the 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 previews looked interesting too but whatever it's the the premiere sucked me back in all right uh next up we're going to talk about gotham and this was the league of extraordinary uh arkham asylum escapees so Justice, though it is the League of Evil, uh, basically are made up of Joker Jr., who they're trying to say is not really the Joker, but whatever, man. Um, you've got, this, what's the scary dude's name? Uh, Fear. <laughs> there's just one scary dude. This is Scarecrow. Gotham. No, I meant that. Oh, Scarecrow. Yeah, okay. so there's Scarecrow, and then there's Top Hat Dude. Good Lord, I forgot his um, name. Oh, the Mad Hatter. Mad Hatter, yeah. So the three of them working together to do something. We don't know what. And uh, the episode itself wasn't bad. I do like there's real danger when all those guys escape Arkham. It feels dangerous. Um, I like the introduction of the League of Assassins, though when they showed up I was very underwhelmed because I've been watching on Arrow and the League are all all look awesome. And these guys just look like a bunch of thugs that just showed up. So they were not that impressive. Um, and then well, they apparently did... she didn't think so either. So Right. And then the women just like <laughs> killed them all. And I was like, wait, what? And she's like, well, you went from giving me an army to just four people. She was like, there's still hundreds of others of us left. And then they just basically gave themselves a promotion. Um, so that was interesting. I'm not sure where that's going. Uh, so there's different elements, like you're trying to see how this all plays out. I'm interested-ish, but I mean, who am I kidding? I'm going to keep watching the show. Go ahead. What did you think? 
Um, am I the only one who who watched it, or did did other people see it too? I I thought it was great. I I enjoyed it. But you know, every time you bring back the Joker, I mean, the the Mad Hatter, I could kind of do without. He yeah, actually he's irritates the, lame, the hell he's out the of lamest me. lamest one. Yeah, he really is. Um, I I, but the they're they're. I, it, it drives me crazy that they keep saying he's not really the Joker. Um, Jerome, yeah, uh, is fantastic. You know, he owns the 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 scene wherever he's in, and it it frustrates me endlessly to to think that they're going to eventually replace him with someone else because frankly, I can't imagine. It's like they just lucked in to the perfect guy to play this role. And I cannot see them replacing him with someone well, who's think, going to look what, at and say, oh, he's this person's better. I think what happened was they originally wrote it to him not being the Joker. And then when this actor came in and took over the role, he was so good that they kept him. And now they're like, well, we never meant for him to be the Joker. Uh, too late. He has owned this role. <laughs> Yeah, I don't think that the audience, you know, and I, I think that they are absolutely married to the idea of getting rid of him. And I don't think that the audience is going to go for it, honestly, because you've I mean, like I said, they lucked into this guy. He's he's probably the best Joker I've seen since, you know, the the movie the well, the the um, Nolan Ledger. movie iteration. Yeah, with right. Heath Ledger. Um, yeah. Heath Ledger was phenomenal. And I think he's he's the best we've seen since. And if anything, he's closer to the idea from the comic books. Yeah, um, I think I'm agreeing with you. He's fantastic. Like, I yeah, can't so imagine I, I just who they got. Yeah, I can't imagine who they think they have that's better than him. Like, you exactly. he's another he's another reason I keep saying watch Shameless, the U.S. Uh, version of Shameless. Oh, yeah, he's in that, too. Yes, yeah. but he's, he's not going to be as awesome as the Joker. Not as awesome, but he's awesome <laughs> enough. It's okay. a great show. Did it's a different watch... kind of awesome. Yes, that's true. Did you uh, watch Gotham? David? I did. I don't remember some of it, though. I'm not. I'm trying to remember what else happened other than they killed a bunch of people. <laughs> that is one thing that happened. Also, uh, Gordon saved the day with his whole figuring out that he had to do wordplay to get everybody to get off the roof. Um, hmm. So instead of saving themselves, he had them save each other. Which apparently broke the spell. Um, so I wasn't guess there, wasn't there something with him and uh, what's her name? Uh, Barbara. Uh, no, the other, the other, uh, the, doc? the doctor. Yeah. Not in this one. It was more because this was all about him, him fighting the Mad Hatter. Uh, there was also the storyline with Bruce and uh, Selena, where they tracked down Jerome. And he's all about how Jerome is his responsibility because he chose not to kill him. So every action Jerome takes from now on is is on him. And Selena's like, stop being so dramatic. Uh, so I thought that was a really good conversation. Yeah, all they're right. clearly ramping up the uh, sexual tension between him and Selena. Well, they're trying so. to. The problem is, I think the girl who plays Selena has the ability to have chemistry, I think... The guy playing Bruce knows chemistry exists. I'm not sure. <laughs> that... He's read a text. About he's, it, yeah, but, uh... he's read that that's a thing that happens, but he's not exuding it. So that scene where he's leaning in and you're like, oh, my God, is he going to kiss her? I was like, he's totally going to open her car door. Like I was watching that going, <laughs> oh, he's going to open her car door. And that's what he does. Because he's not get like she's reacting like he's giving something off, but he's not. So, yeah, he needs to go back to school a little bit. 
on that. But um, I'm enjoying I'm enjoying the story. All right, let's move on. Um, next up, we're gonna talk about Seven Seconds. Well, I guess I'll talk about it really quick. Seven Seconds is a show on Netflix that I watched last night all at one time, and oh my god, my head hurts. Um, so it's a Netflix show. The premise is that this cop is distracted and legitimately has an, a car accident and hits a young kid. Now the conflict comes because instead of calling it in and trying to, and just, you know, saying, admitting, Hey, I was distracted. I hit this kid. He flees this. He calls some of his other cops to help him cover it up. He flees the scene they try to hide the tracks and they leave this kid because they they do legitimately think the kid's dead, but he's not. And so he suffered in the cold for 12 hours, ended up in the hospital for a while, you know, before he dies. And it's about, what is it, grave indifference and trying to prove that and going up against cops and then the whole, you know, atmosphere. And I give them credit because they show both sides pretty well like you see the cop's guilt you see how he feels and everything he goes through and he goes through periods of really wanting to confess and you understand why he doesn't like they they do a good job of showing like both sides of the coin um and they present you know each side in a in an interesting light but, uh, yeah, I mean, I watched the whole thing in a day. So there you go. I'm going to say that's a thumbs up for me. Uh, it's on Netflix. It came out maybe a couple weeks ago. So check it out. Uh, so next, huh? You have a question? So it's February when it came out. Okay, so a month ago. I was say, a couple I, I hadn't heard about it. I was just going to say, I hadn't heard about it before, but your uh, take on it seems inter- sounds interesting or sounds positive so I'll, I'll check out at least one of the episodes and uh yeah check out the pilot i think it's a it's a strong pilot it, it says but... it's based on a russian film really they called the major huh i did not know that um yeah so yeah check it out that's all i gotta say all about right. that next up we're gonna talk about agents of shield and this week's episode was kind of lackluster for me because we spent 30 minutes of the episode doing flashbacks to learn about Hale growing up and then her daughter and blah, blah, blah. And I don't care. (laughs) It's like I watched this episode and the whole point of it was to get me to understand Hale's point of view and why she believes what she does and to try to get me to care about her as a character. And it failed, basically. I rather have spent my time with the team then especially because we're wrapping stuff out like we're coming towards the end i don't care about hale or her backstory or her life or anything like that i know she's hydra i get that she was raised into hydra okay sure fine um we just spent way too much time with her way too much time i i don't i don't mind the amount of time we spent with her but i agree with you it just was kind of lackluster. Um, I don't mind backstory. And, and if you're going to convince me um, that, you know, they need to team up or like what her motivation is or, or, or all of that stuff, I don't mind that, actually. Um, I want something convincing. But, yeah, it was kind of lackluster. I didn't. The I'm, not they did I, it or... I'm not saying I mind it. I just it was just, yeah, it was boring. 
Well, no, that, but I'm saying it wasn't the length of time I think that we spent. I just think they didn't do a great job with it. You know what I mean? I don't find her a particularly interesting actress. Um, the, you know, as a child, I get, you know, but we'd already gone through all of that. I agree with you. It was boring. We already went through that with, um, you know, that whole cafeteria cereal scene thing. You know what I mean? Right. Like we've seen it now, that device used three times, including on Coulson. And even like Coulson's rejection of the of the, of the the theme, or I mean, sorry, of the scene, wasn't that exciting. It was like, okay, great. So he didn't buy into it, big deal. Like that all did seem like a waste. Um, what I will talk about that I liked though was, um, wait, oh, forgive me though, cause I'm really getting them confused. We, what, what's, seriously because with the krypton plot and the whole like you know coming over and eating up worlds and all that stuff i was like wait how many movies have we seen that in how many tv shows so what's the big baddie in this now again <laughs> just somebody remind me really quickly that well, the... we 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 met the confederacy who's basically have come to earth looking for protection money they're like there's something but coming... are they the people that's going to eat them no, i mean the, no, no there's the, what's what's interesting i think is that they're actually tying in with the movie coming up the avengers movie because that looked like thanos's ship right that's that's that's, that's they're saying if yeah. yes they're saying that if you don't join the confederacy and get our protection there's an invasion force coming and you guys are going to be screwed Yes, and, but I don't know that it's, it's protection money. I mean, they're they're they want them, they want them it to. It is protection you know, money because their... they're saying turn over in humans to us. You have to pay yeah, us. Okay. You have to pay us. Yeah, your it... inhumans for us to protect you. So I call that protection okay. money. Okay, but are are they saying that they will definitely protect them? Aren't they trying to create that? Don't they want Daisy to make that? Don't they want somebody? You know, her daughter, the Daisy, no, 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 to make no. that. That's, that's Hale's plan. That's not the oh, I Okay, got it, got it. Yeah, you're right. I wasn't confusing when I watched it. I just forgot. I forgot. But I agree with Allison. I do definitely think that it's, I mean, it would make sense, you know, and uh, I do think it's leaning towards that way that, you know, the big baddie is coming and it'll turn out to be Thanos. Um, but I, I like just to move off of that because it seemed like no one liked this episode. Oh, I don't know if anyone else liked it, but um, I do think it's kind of adorable. I didn't see it coming. Maybe I should have, but um, that um, whoever he is, is their grandson, you oh, know? Deke. Oh, Deke, um, yeah. Zeke, Deke, what is Deke. it? Deke with a D. Deke. Deke. So yeah, I, 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 his, his character has been um, alternately annoying and kind of, you know, lovable or whatever you want to call it um like he's a rapscallion i don't know if that people still use that word um but he um he is adorable it, you know with him figuring out who his his you know grandparents are in this and that and i like the way they kind of revealed it kind of slowly and sweetly uh you know with the little sayings and this and that so i mean i don't know i like you said they're wrapping it up so i'm in it i don't know that either episode was super exciting but it's gonna get us to the end so i mean you know well, but no, i like I, the whole i grandson. agree with you i like that part of it and i especially love having you know when when um simmons tells fitz you know, when she lets him know and his reaction to it, which is basically that idiot. Yeah. <laughs> All like, of well, it. I thought it was great. Very good to know that my, my daughter marries a moron. You know, I mean, um, it's that I thought that that was really funny. I thought that was really well done. I thought that he that he it was adorable also that he got all protective of the daughter. It's not even born yet. The only thing I'd like to point out is that uh Simmons is now saying, oh, we're invincible now because we know we make it to the future. First of all, the whole point of what you're trying to do is to break the cycle. 
Yeah. So no one's invincible. Uh, two, all she knows is she has a daughter. She doesn't know that Fitz is alive to raise that daughter. Uh, so, and as far as we saw her vomit in the hallway last week, so she could already be pregnant. Oh, I thought she was. I yeah. thought that was, a, that was yeah. absolutely, a, so you know, Fitz yeah. is not safe at all. No, <laughs> it's like, even if that's his daughter, he's done his bit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I thought that too. As soon as she said that, I thought, uh Oh, something's going to happen. Cause she's wrong. She could easily yeah. be wrong. Exactly. Yeah. For a scientist, she's not very being scientific, but go ahead. No, that might have just been the writer's fault. But here's what I will say. I mean, obviously, it's the writer's fault. Uh, But um, just because I've been hammering this theme all throughout, I do like, uh, out of all the shows we've talked about, I think Agents does the best job of throwing in the humor. You know what I mean? And kind of giving us those, like, moments of emotional kind of resonance and depth and you know subtlety and then give us the humor without it being heavy-handed and all of that i just i think it's you know going on all fours and greased really well it's like you know there are no bumps there are no bits and pieces that don't work nothing squeaking anymore it's just kind of i'm watching it for un, un reveal the plot to me but everything else i i really enjoy i agree it's one of my favorite shows i'm not going to disagree with you on that yeah, me too. Uh, I just thought that this episode was a little slower than most. That's all. Sure. All right. I agree. Next up, we're going to talk about the last couple episodes of Jessica Jones. I know this journey has been long. I thought we'd be done talking about this a while ago, but there you have it. So we're only going to talk about the last, like, what, two or three episodes? Or let's just talk about the end How, or talk about the show as a whole. What did you guys think of season two of Jessica Jones? Did you enjoy the journey? Is it better than season one? Is it as good? Like, give me something. I thought it was better than season one. I was, I was more Why entertained by it. Um, I don't know. Maybe because I'd already seen season one. I didn't have to see it again. <laughs> <laughs> that is a odd reason to pick okay. season two. I thought, but I think I think that the the story lines were more well developed, and the characters were more well developed. They had relationships that you could get into more detail with. I don't know, just maybe standard reasons. I don't, I'm not sure. Okay. Anything in? Uh, well, you can contribute uh, later on, uh, Allison. I I really enjoyed this season. I don't I don't personally think it was as strong as season one. I know there there are people who didn't like this season at all, and and I don't agree with that. I think that it was still really interesting. I think what most people probably are reacting to is that you know uh, they they kind of promised. Uh, a lot of big conspiracy stuff. And and I think there's still some underlying things that we could still reach. But the main thing about Jessica herself and her family, um, it's, you know, they've they've resolved that. And it wasn't a big conspiracy. It was just, you know, a a lot of individual people messing up badly. Um, And I think people are are upset about that because it, it, they feel cheated. There wasn't this big thing. And most of this was character study about her and her mother um, when people were expecting big shootouts and, you know, whatever. And, and it was more intimate than that. But I enjoyed that part of it. And I thought that the, the actress who, who played her, her mom was fantastic and yeah. really carried it. Um, and I, there, there was a, this, this element of tragedy about it that I just really thought was very well, very well done. And 
um, they pulled it off. Uh, well, so, go ahead. So no, it 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 continues to be one of my favorite of the the Marvel series. Yeah, I could see that. I mean, I thought the mom was played really well. The only thing, I mean, Kilgrave, fantastic villain from season one, and I think having him from beginning to end really worked. This show, what they did in season two is they showed all the problems, 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 and then they give a reveal that the mom is kind of the villain for this season about halfway through, and then they carry her through till the end. But, and I think that worked. Um, my only issue was actually with Trish. I think that Trish was a much better character in season one. In season two, she comes off as selfish, petty, and a terrible person. Um, yeah, I never true. got the impression that that Trish was a terrible person in season one, but in season two, I would not be friends like like I would not be friends with her like at all. I don't care about the whole sister thing like nothing. I wouldn't associate with her. She was terrible when they show the flashbacks. She was terrible in the flashbacks. I don't understand why they're still, you know, hanging out anymore after all that stuff happened. Um, well, yeah. she's she's an addict, and when she disintegrates into that behavior, she becomes horrible. Oh, I, I, uh, I understand that, but uh, and she just and but all of it, not just the addict part, but the jealousy of of her, you know, having all those feelings of inadequacy and putting all that blame on Jessica, and. Mm-hmm. Everything that she did trying to get Jessica's powers was just stupid. And so even at the end, when you see that she's got some weird coordination ability, um, I wasn't happy for her at all. I was actually No, well, I, I'm not sure that we're supposed to be. I know that, you know, in the comics, she, she is another superhero. Um, but I don't know exactly how they're going to play that out in this because she is such an emotionally damaged and needy person. There's, you know, just because she has the powers she supposedly wanted all this time doesn't mean she's going to use them responsibly uh, or, you know, for anything particularly good. So I'm in, I assume that by the time we get to season three, we're going to be seeing a lot of that play out. And uh, considering what her character... Go ahead. Well, considering what her character has shown to be capable of so far, I think it's going to be, at the best, a rocky journey. Right. I think the only person who had a really solid journey this season is the uh, assistant. Uh, blanking on oh, his name. Malcolm. Malcolm. Yeah, Malcolm started off shaky, got stronger, 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 and by the end, he's the only one who had a good journey this season. And I'm very happy for him. Like, I mean, he's with a douchebag boss, but um, he's doing what he wanted to do. And Jessica was so inconsistent with what she was doing, he had to make that move for himself. And I'm really glad that he did. So that I'm happy about, but man, I can now do without Trish. She can go away. I don't need (laughs) to see her anymore. And I know that's funny. That's funny because I think I kind of feel the opposite about Malcolm and Trish. I, I, I'm sad to see the relationship with Malcolm and Jessica ending and it makes it more interesting to me to see how the sisters can survive and, and get through this. I don't think you can like you killed my mom. I know you killed my mom. We're done. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? I'm like, there's no going back to being friends after that. I Uh, think somewhere in the, in the, you know, universe of, of, of uh, superheroes or whatever, there's gotta be somebody 
they killed somebody, you know, for a, a questionable reason and they end up be redeeming but, themselves. Huh? I know, but her thing is she keeps saying I did it for you, but that's not true. Well, no, not really. No, it's not. she's very selfish. But I think I think that's part of I, I honestly I, I don't know what the season three is going to look like, but I would be willing to bet that what fuels it is going to be at least in part the the damaged relationship between both her and Malcolm because Malcolm is set up now to be an adversary b- right. by, based on what his his job description is and while I'm really glad that you know he's gone from where we saw he was a heroin addict and he was all messed up to to now being you know this this capable detective you know and and all of this um, nevertheless I think that there's there's going to be what's going to happen in season three is going to be an interesting butting of the heads. And right. hopefully, hopefully by the end, coming together. But then, you know, they, they love, with Marvel, they love isolating their heroes anyway, because look at the end of Daredevil. He's completely isolated from all of his former friends, too. So, you know, we, I, I guess we have to wait until the next Daredevil to see if that ever improves. Right. Well, I'd say overall, I did enjoy season two of Jessica Jones. I definitely would give it a thumbs up. You guys agree? Yes, yeah, okay. definitely. All right. If you guys have any questions or comments, you can leave them at tvcampfiregmail.com. Follow us on Twitter and on Facebook. You can listen to us on getthepointradio.com, Krypton Radio, Weednopolis, and iTunes. And we'll talk to you guys next time. Bye-bye. Bye. 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 Bye.